On this episode of Dirt Tracker Conversations, it's late model time, guys. With the World of Outlaws late model series just underway last weekend at Volusia and Lucas getting ready to start this weekend, I'm joined by Joshua Joyner of Hunt the Front and Dirt on Dirt contributor in the past. We talk everything, Outlaws, Lucas, you name it, young drivers to watch, potential champions, what's going to happen with Jonathan Davenport and Jimmy Owens, uh, what, what his thoughts are on the new XR series. We cover a lot of ground in the next uh, about 30 minutes or so. So please enjoy this episode with Joshua Joyner. Me and Joshua have actually known each other quite a long time. He he worked at World Racing Group when I worked there as well. But uh, I want to start off, first of all, and just congratulate you guys on 100,000 YouTube subscribers. That's like such a huge kind of uh, momentous occasion for, for a YouTube channel. You guys got the plaque and everything. But did you think when you started this that you would get to this point you guys are at now? Uh, first of all, thanks. Uh, we appreciate the uh, congratulations there. It's been a, a long road, but a uh, rewarding one. I would, I, I mean, we, you know, we did it because the idea was that we could get there and it'd be cool if we could, um, you know, make something pretty big. And that was always kind of a goal, but I don't know if we really seriously thought uh, that it would ever really turn into anything significant. So it's been pretty cool to see uh, Hunt the Front become something um, that at least uh, a good amount of people find entertaining. Can you even go to a dirt track anymore, like without getting mobbed? Uh, I, mean, I don't know. It depends on what you call mobbed. <laughs> so <laughs> I, uh, myself, I can fly under the radar a little, a little more uh, typically, but um, Jonathan, Joseph and, and Jesse, uh, you know, being the main stars of the show, I guess you could say they're, um, yeah, they're, they, they draw a crowd for sure. Just about any, any racetrack uh, they go to, which is, it's pretty cool because used to, uh, you know, before all this, we were kind of just no name people um, didn't draw really any kind of crowd uh, when it came, you know, going to races, um, especially the bigger races locally, we were pretty, you know, uh, we were pretty well known as racers. So um, it's pretty cool to, definitely get to expand our horizons and and uh, make a lot of fans and and friends along the way yeah well so the main reason i want to have you on the show like we're, we're just kind of getting into the 2022 late model season here and, and you're a guy you've been around late model racing a long time you've been covering late model racing a long time uh, and i just kind of want to get your thoughts on, on kind of a bunch of different stuff and i want to start with the opening outlaw weekend at volusia kind of a lot of different things to talk about but first of all dale mcdowell big win kicks off the season coming off after that cancer thing uh, but what are the kind of notable takeaways for you after that first weekend at Volusia? And I guess first only one show at Volusia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's hard to look past the uh, the situation there with the track. And it's unfortunate that that, that track, um, you know, it only has the bigger races like that, at least in the late model scene, one time a year. Um, you know, so it's kind of hard for uh, you know World Racing Group to, you know, when they, they want to, they're going to make a change to the track there, you know, they kind of have to do it during the off season and then it's right into their biggest races. So it's unfortunate that they don't have a, um, you know, a chance to kind of test out the new surface and iron it out the, the prep and everything, uh, before going into their, you know, their big race season, you know, season of racing. So, um, that would be nice to have had a couple practice nights and, and race weekends on it. Um, so it made, it made for, uh, the racing wasn't, I mean, the racing was interesting if you're watching as a, as a fan, but I would hate to have been, you know, a driver or a race team down there with the way things were going. Uh, as far as the, the storylines go, obviously Dale McDowell, as you mentioned, the, the big storyline uh, to me, um, I think the, the feel good story, you know, everyone uh, wondered, even, even Dale said that, you know, kind of wondered if he, if he'd race again. Uh, and then he comes back uh, pretty quickly or, or seems like quickly from, from his surgery and, and, and his uh, cancer treatment there. And, and not only comes back and, and is competitive, but he's, 
you know, dominant by far uh, there. It's uh, pretty impressive to see and a pretty cool moment. Uh, other storylines, I think uh, the big thing is, is or one thing that kind of stood out to me was kind of the, the Outlaws uh, rookies, you know, how many uh, World of Outlaws late model series uh, rookie contenders and uh, hopefuls, I guess. I don't say contenders, but hopefuls there are and, and kind of keeping an eye on that. It's always something that's inter interesting to me is watching those, um, you know, new guys kind of jump up to the tour. Max Blair, I think, had a had a solid run, I think seventh or eighth or something. Um, he's a guy that, you know, is, is done a lot at the uh, regional level and he's getting a chance with Viper Motorsports to, to branch out a little bit. And um, he's going to be a guy to watch. Uh, for the whole year so it's good to see him get off kind of to a uh, a solid start uh, to the season down there I know when we talk about the sprint cars at Volusia it, you know everybody always talks about how like Volusia is kind of its own animal and and it doesn't really translate to the rest of the season and when you talk to guys talk to teams is the same feeling kind of the case on the late model side where it's like Volusia is just kind of its own animal and and whatever happens there is just kind of segmented out from the rest of the season uh, I think there's a little bit of that. I mean, maybe, I think maybe on the late mile side, it's a little different. I, I don't feel like, um, I, I feel like the track and, and the, the guys that are good there are typically good uh, elsewhere as well. There's not a, like a, a, like East Bay on the Lucas Oil side, there's certain guys that are just really good at East Bay, right? And they may not be as good elsewhere um, or as competitive elsewhere, I should say. Uh, whereas Volusia, I feel like it's a little more normal. Uh, you see the, the, the same, uh, same guys being competitive um, typically, uh, what I think is that you get, it, it, you can sometimes it's hard to judge like the Lucas oil series with their speed weeks, you can get a better judge of who's, you know, kind of positioned to be, uh, have a good year and run really well because there's so many different tracks. I mean, this year they're going to, uh, is it four different tracks they'll run at during speed weeks. Um, so, you know, you get a little bit more variety and a better idea of who's overall is, is, uh, is, is doing going to do well for the year. Whereas, yeah, it is only for the outlaws. It is only one track. So it's kind of hard to base any uh, judgments for the entire season off that. Plus, it's a totally different crowd uh, for the outlaws. Uh, the, you get more of a mix of drivers, more of the big names, uh, such as Dale McDowell. He's not going to run, but a handful of World of Outlaws races the rest of the year. And he's, he's down there, you know, dominating the opener. So it kind of it kind of it takes a while for it to all shake out um, some of the guys from, the, you know, the Lucas Oil Series. Uh, with with no conflicting dates during speed weeks, a lot of those guys are jumping on and, and running all the out, you know, the Volusia outlaw races just to, I guess some of them have a backup plan if their Lucas Oil season doesn't start very well. Um, uh, you know, so it's a, it's a different mix of drivers, which shakes it up more than, you know, when, when those guys get out and away, um, you know, and you just that there's just the regulars, you get a better idea of who's going to be good for the entire season. When we talk about the championship for the outlaws, you know, it's been Brandon Shepard and everyone else. And, and last year it felt like it was as open as it possibly could have been with, with Shepard having a down year and Madden still wasn't able to run him down. Do you think that's still the case this year? I mean, we've got, I think 16 full timers now with the outlaws. Can anybody really mount a charge and knock that team off? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's my answer. I would, if I have, if I was a bet man, I would, I would bet on Brandon Shepard and the rocket house car team uh, on the outlaws. Um, you know, you would like to think that Josh Richards coming back over uh, would be able to give him a, a, a challenge, but he's you know, off to a rough start uh, with first you know, practice night out in his in new car and the car's got to go back to rocket after, you know, I think they said throttle hung and he got into the wall and, and, and bent something there. And that's, I mean, not that that's a, uh, you know, an in indication of how Josh's season's going to go, but like, you know, you're already trying to adjust to a new team, uh, a new ride and everything. And in your first night out, you're, you're having some bad luck there. Um, and I, I think they're going to, it's just, they're not a, a well old machine 
like the uh, the Rocket House car team is um, and what they're capable of doing. And and you got to be, you know, firing on all cylinders right out of the gate to keep up with those guys. I would imagine uh, Chris Madden. I'd like to, you know, I'd like to see Chris Madden be more competitive in the in the points race, but um, I just don't know that he's, you know, really going to be able to challenge Shepard. Um, and I, I expect the uh, uh, B Shep and the Rocket House car team really will bounce back from. Everyone said it was a down year last year, but that was still a pretty good down year to win the championship. And um, I don't even know how many races he won, but it was was quite a few. Um, I, I think he'll come back even stronger. You don't see the the Rocket team have two down years in a row ever, hardly. So I, I wouldn't imagine them. Um, last year was the year if someone was gonna gonna sneak in there and get the championship. Um, I don't think uh, it'll happen this year, personally. What do you think about that outlaw rookie class? It feels to me like it's probably Max Blair and then everyone else. But do you do you have a different opinion there? Uh, I would give uh, Tanner English uh, a little more of a, a chance. Uh, I would say him. The two of them um, probably have the uh, to me the the the, the most. Um, I don't know when we're talking about traveling and, and the different types of tracks. Uh, uh, Gundaker there is pretty pretty solid in his area, but I don't think he'll be. Um, be as well when they, they start traveling to different tracks out of his comfort zone whereas those two those two guys Blair and English have done a lot of traveling um, and, and been to a lot of different races uh, English of course uh, followed a lot of the Lucas Oil series in the past so he's he's done a lot of traveling and 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 summer nationals as well so uh, and Blair's just he wins just about everywhere he goes in the crate and uh, crates in the the regional ranks so I think he'll uh, transition well so I'd say it was is those two's got those two guys uh, then everybody else, I would give Blair the edge, um, just like every year with the these national tours. Typically, you'll have a lot of guys kind of start the year uh, intending on running the whole thing. I think it'll whittle down uh, fairly quickly. And and I, I if I had to bet, I would say uh, Blair and English will be the the last, you know, the two kind of that that survive and make it and hopefully have a good rookie battle. It's always it adds a uh, another complexion to a, a series, a national tour like that when you have. Um, you know, two up and comers kind of going at it for uh, for their own points battle uh, outside of the the regular series points. Uh, Lucas starts this weekend at Golden Isles. Larson will be there. I mean, you'll you'll have probably an, a murderer's row of drivers that are taking on that weekend. But one thing we I feel like we don't really get from Lucas, at least publicly, is like the guys that are going to run full time for sure. And and I'm curious what you're hearing about which guys are going to be out. You know, we've heard rumors about Davenport. We've heard rumors about Owens. But where do you think right now we sit with that full-time Lucas Field? Uh, well, I, in Davenport, has said on his social media, or at least his, his Facebook page, that uh, he doesn't intend on going to Ocala, which is the second set of races there, two races. Um, you know, that could change. I mean, I would, I'm, I'm not saying he's not going to run the Lucas Oil Series until, um, you know, I see him miss at least two races. As we saw last year, he, he was going to skip uh, Brownstown, and then the, uh, they got, it got postponed, and he was able to make it up later and, and ended up, you know, uh, not missing that show. Um, but I think, yeah, if he, if I think that an- will be answered for, for Davenport come this, I guess it would be if they, if they get the two races in at, at Brunswick weathers, um, not looking great for that, but if they, they get those two in, two in and then he shows up at, uh, Ocala, you know, obviously, you know, he's probably intending on at least keeping the option of running the tour. And, um, you know, if, if not, he'll have decided pretty early he's not. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't, uh, uh, and he, you know, it's just so many other options out there as far as, uh, big money races to go to that, that follow international tour for some of these guys isn't as appealing, uh, appealing as it used to be. Um, Owens kind of the same deal. I I've, I've heard different things. I've, I've, I've heard directly from him that he's, 
you know, likes the idea of doing something different and, and, and just kind of doing the pick and choose. But that doesn't mean it's, you know, he, he didn't make a decision the last I heard. Um, and that was you know, late in the year last year. So uh, I, I don't know. I think it'd be interesting to see who shows up. I think the, when you say the Lucas Oil Series doesn't really say who's going to run, I think it's because they probably don't know, um, you know, for sure. A lot of guys are saying, well, we'll see, we'll, we'll see. Um, but I think the other than maybe Davenport and Owens, I think that's the two main ones that may not be back. Obviously, Richards isn't is uh, and, and said he intends on running the Outlaws, um, you know, for a loss there. But I think they'll still have a solid group. Uh, McCready appears to be uh, coming back to the, defend his title. Um, Ricky Thornton Jr., uh, I believe, is on board with coming back. Last year's Rookie of the Year, Dirt Track World Championship winner. So he'll be he'll be one to watch. Um, so I, I think it'll still be a solid solid group once it all kind of shakes out. Do you think that this kind of almost like migration away from running the series, guys like Davenport and Owens, do you think that would have happened anyway? Or do you think that they're influenced by what we've seen Brandon Overton do the last couple of years and all of the big money shows that he's won? Uh, I think um, they would have. I mean, I, I think that has a lot to do with it. I mean, Overton certainly paved the way and showed the path for someone. If you're, a, you know, a, you know, top level driver like that and um, you're you're hitting on all cylinders, you can certainly go out and and, and make a lot of money. Um, you can make a lot of money on a national tour, too. Um, but it, it's it, I don't think he would have done as as well uh, Overton. And, and I think he would say this or won as much and had the season he did if not for kind of being able to pick and choose his races, take breaks when he needed to, to, to kind of re uh, reload and, and, and kind of um, go back home and, and re, you know, kind of regroup, I guess, his, his team sometimes, uh, and then, and come out even better for it. Uh, whereas a national tour, you, you have to go to those races pretty much every week, you know, throughout the year, that's going to kind of, it can kind of become a drag sometimes. And plus you're not racing for the same amount of money in a lot of those races. Um, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I think a lot of, as these races that were the the big money paydays and so many more of them coming out, I think guys would have figured that out. Um, but uh, certainly Overton kind of, kind of showed that uh, right now, you know, certainly that's an option for guys. If, if you can go out and win races and, and run well, if you're the kind of guy that you're, you're going to go through guys that go through slumps uh, throughout the year, it's always, it's nice to know you have a series provisional uh, to fall back on and that, that, that show up money um, that's going to get you to the next race. And, you know, whenever things get slim and, and, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that, you know, there's very few teams that can win on the, the way that Brandon Overton did last year. Even he's gone through uh, cycles and everything. And even a Davenport who won plenty, you know, there's years he wins not as good as, you know, he hadn't had a year quite like um, oh, uh, Overton did last year, but he's had his good years. But he's also had years where he probably was, you know, better off on a national tour where he knows he's getting, you know, a certain amount each time he goes to the racetrack uh, and he's getting a, a, a decent payday at the end of the season. So, um, you know, it's kind of a, you know, risk reward and you got to feel like you're capable, I guess, as a, as a driver, as a team going out and really running well in those big races, if you're going to give up the, the little bit of security there you have with a national tour. When we talk about the Lucas championship, obviously McCready coming off the, the championship win last year, when we look at who his challengers are going to be this year, you know, we, we saw Hudson O'Neill step up last year and, and win some big races, you know, turbo can basically win wherever he goes. But like the difference I see is just who can be consistent enough to, to stay with McCready, like somebody like McCready all year. And, and like, do you think those are kind of the main two challengers for McCready as we get started into this thing? Uh, you Sorry, I missed who, who you said. Um, I, um, uh, Tur Turbo and, and Hudson O'Neill. Uh, I, I don't, I mean, Hudson O'Neill, I think so. He showed last year. I, if you'd asked me this, you know, like, like before last year, seeing what Hudson O'Neill was capable of, not just winning races, he's shown he's able to win races, um, but the consistency and being close in the championship battle, that was a surprise to me. Um, I think he, he, you know, kind of proved a, a lot of 
doubters, I guess you would say, myself included. Um, not only ability to win races again, but just, you know, the kind of the night in, night out being consistent. And yeah, I think he's probably going to be a contender again this year. Um, Turbo is still kind of has those lingering doubts, whether he's, I mean, he can win races. He can be, you know, dominant uh, at certain places and, and really good. And then he can go through uh, spells where, you know, he, he can sometimes be struggling to crack the top 10 for a few races. And you just can't do that when you have a guy like McCready, uh, even Davenport, you know, wasn't quite that way last year, but years past that are just, you know, so consistent night in and night out. Um, you know, usually there's, if you're, if you're struggling, if you have a, a, a drought at all, like a, a, a slump at all, it kind of almost knocks you out unless you're capable of doing what Davenport did last year and reeling off a bunch of wins. Um, but most guys aren't, aren't going to do that. So I, again, I think those two guys definitely could be championship contenders, but I think, um, and I would lean more towards O'Neill after what he did last year. Uh, whereas Turbo, I think he's got to get that consistency uh, a little bit more before I would, um, you know, uh, bet again, bet on him against McCready. Uh, I want to ask you about Spencer Hughes coming out with PCC. Like those guys, I, I, like it's a really young crew. He's a really young driver, but like, I feel like he was really fast at a lot of places last year. I would not be surprised to see him break through and, and win some races this year. What are your thoughts on Spencer and, and kind of, you know, some potential young guys out there that we should kind of be paying attention to this year? Yeah. Spencer Hughes, definitely a, a guy with a lot of talent and a lot of potential. Uh, that will be interesting to watch this year. He kind of, kind of reminds me of uh, Ricky Thornton jr. Um, going into last year, uh, maybe not quite the resume that, that Thornton had, uh, going into the season, but a lot of, I guess, hype, you would say, and, and expectations. Uh, and then they get on the tour, you know, Thornton gets on the tour and he, he even won a race during speed weeks. Uh, but then he kind of, you kind of remember he's a rookie, you know, and yeah. at the national tour and he didn't have quite, you know, until the end of the season there. And, um, he, he obviously had a big win at the, at the dirt track, but, um, you know, for most of the year, he had his ups and downs. And I think, um, uh, Spencer Hughes, while I fully expect he'll have some strong runs, uh, probably could win a race or two. I think some things go his way. Uh, when you're tackling a national tour for the first time um, with a, like a young driver, a young crew, uh, that can be really challenging. And there's gonna, like I said, he's probably like Thornton did last year. He's going to have his ups and downs. The the positive for for Hughes is he did travel with the series for most of the uh, second half of the season last year. Um, it seemed like I'm not sure exactly when he started following most of the races, but he did a lot of that. They had a chance to gel and get some experience um, on the tour uh, late last year. So that that'll probably benefit him. But I, I still think he'll probably you know, he'll probably have some some up, ups and downs along the way, uh, like any rookie. But I think he'll have overall should be he's poised to have a pro pretty probably a pretty solid first year on the Luke Soul Series. Uh, whenever I do any sort of late model talk on my own shows, I, you, you always get asked questions about Bloomquist and where's Bloomquist racing and, and you know, who, who's, who's got sponsors and this and that. What, what are you hearing about Bloomer's season? Is he healthy? Is he going to try to race a bunch? Do you, do you know anything about his situation? Honestly, I don't know. I mean, um, I think when, you know, hearing the, when him and uh, Cody Summer, who had kind of bought into his program there and was, was running his, his organization when they split at the end of last year, I, I heard, you know, it was because, you know, Scott's plan was he was going to still keep racing and he thinks he can be competitive, whereas maybe Cody had some some other ideas as far as transitioning um, for the future of the organization. So uh, if, you know, if that's the case, then I'd imagine, you know, Scott's planning on, you know, I mean, obviously, I think I don't think he's going to run a national tour. I think, he, you know, it'll be a pick and choose type deal. Um, and who knows? I mean, he, you know, he's been kind of written off before and, and come back at times. Um, I think he's got a. um I mean, at some point you got to think it's going to get, you know, where he's, he's not going to be as competitive uh, as he used to be, but I think he's definitely got, um, 
the potential to sneak in and win a big race here and there and kind of remind everyone that he's, he's still, you know, he's still Scott Blinkwood. So uh, it'll be interesting to watch. I'm not exactly sure what, what his plans are, um, but definitely going to be interesting to see how things go come this year. The other thing that's kind of been a topic of conversation is Clint Boyer racing in, in the 14, uh, you know, are they going to be back this year? Are they shutting down? Who's going to drive that thing? I mean, I, I feel like we, there's just like, there's no rumors coming out. I mean, what, what are you hearing about that deal? I've not heard anything. So, and that's and, not good. <laughs> yeah. To, to be fair, I'm not, you know, not no longer being, you know, I'm no longer working full time for dirt on dirt and play racing. I'm not really, um, you know, hounding the the storylines and the, the, the sources like I used to. Um, I, and I think at this point, if they hadn't said anything, I don't, I don't probably nothing happening. Um, I would think, uh, at least not for speed weeks or full-time on the Lucas whole series, obviously. So, uh, I'm not sure. Um, you know, obviously Clint Boyer has been in the sport a long time, uh, in dirt lake model racing with his team. Um, who knows where he is and, and kind of with his future now that he's no longer doing the, the, uh, cup racing and, and he might, you know, be looking to transition away, uh, from the sport and, um, you know, who, at least, you know, who can blame him after, you know, as long as he's been in it, it was, uh, it was a good run and he's put a lot into the sport, uh, with his team and, and gave some drivers good opportunities. So, um, even if it is kind of the end of the road for, for that organization, it's been, um, you know, still kind of cool to have, uh, him in the sport as, uh, before kind of, it became cool for NASCAR drivers to be involved in dirt, <laughs> dirt racing at the level, you know, we see these days he was in it and, uh, a, a backer of it. So that was, that was pretty cool. We've seen XR come in, kind of shake things up. A lot of big money races, um, you know, the Bristol stuff and, and, you know, kind of all of the SMI tracks that they're kind of pulled into this. Um, what do you think the kind of effect is on the sport with those guys coming in? Is this a good thing? Are they ruffling feathers? You know, what are your kind of overall thoughts on, on the XR stuff and, and where we stand with all of that right now? Oh, uh, thank you. Um, you kind of hit the nail on the head with both your uh, observations there. You, you said, is it a good thing? Yes. More for drivers and teams, more money in the sport, more big races. It's, you know, how can you, you know, argue against that uh, for, um, but yes, they have ruffled some feathers along the way, I would say. So, um, you know, it's kind of been a, an interesting um, dynamic watching XR kind of come into the sport. And, and first of all, I think there are some, um, you know, uh, where I'm looking for um, misconceptions about XR. It's kind of like, you know, some people who aren't familiar with the the structure there and who's who's behind all that kind of think it's this um, like they, they're like they, they are established. Barry Braun with XR has been in the sport for a long time and done a lot. He knows what he's doing when it comes to promoting events and the the, the live streaming package, which is kind of obviously, I think, funding uh, the events they're doing and what they have going on there. Um, so he's not new to this. He knows what he's doing. He's got some some good people uh, involved with it from that have been around the sport for a long time. Um, that, I mean, it's it seems to be they have some big plans, obviously, with the events that they've uh, they've already done. Um, the XR and now this year expanding the XR Super Series, I, I think is what it's being called. Um, you know, it's, uh, the Bristol, the Bristol points fund is, is, you know, for two weekends of racing there is, is hard to, is very lucrative. Um, you know, I know, a lot of guys don't, you know, the idea of going to Bristol for a lot of teams is daunting. Um, and when it came out that there was going to be eight races over the two weeks, there was like, Ooh, I don't know about that, but, um, you know, now they cut it back to, to two races each weekend. It's and then for a $300,000 total points fund, very appealing, um, uh, kind of money you don't, you know, you don't see rarely in the sport. Um, uh, and then, then buying the Southern All-Stars, which to me shows that there are kind of, you know, there's some interest there in the, the, the more the grassroots level of, of our sport, the, the lower levels, the regional levels. So um, I, I don't know. It's very interesting to see 
what they're doing. Definitely they're shaking things up a bit, giving uh, teams another, other options. Um, I think if the XR races weren't, weren't there and weren't a thing, you probably, you know, some of those guys are talking about doing the pick and choose stuff uh, probably would be, you know, back on a national tour um, or, or at least uh, more likely to, that this is giving them kind of spurring them to, to maybe not run a, a, a tour, a full tour this year. So it's definitely shaking things up, made it interesting. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how it, it kind of shakes out uh, going forward. Uh, kind of looking around the sport right now, it seems like everything is like pretty great. I mean, you've got outlaws play, paying more money. You've got Lucas paying more money. You know, we just talked about XR, you know, you got flow racing stuff during the week. You've got, you know, all the regional series. Like if, if you're a dirt late model team right now, and, and, and obviously you're involved in a dirt late model team, but like, how the hell do you pick on a week to week basis <laughs> where the hell you're going to go race right now? Well, I think, you know, for, for our team, it, you know, tip, you know, we, we, we're, you know, still a lower budget team and we're not able to travel far and wide. So it's kind of the, the most appealing race that's within reason to get to. And, and, you know, you look at, you know, well, what, the what drivers are expected to be there and all that as well. But yeah, I think it's a, an exciting time to be a part of a team. I mean, it's, it's no secret that dirt late model racing, you know, is in, in any, really any form of racing, you don't, you don't make much, it's a, it's a losing battle. If you're in it to make money, um, you're most likely, you know, not, uh, you're, you're not going to be in there in it very long. Whereas now it's like, you know, this money they're putting up. Yeah. Guys are still spending a lot of money, um, you know, and, and the cost of racing continues to go up. Uh, but you know, as at least now it's like, well, there's a lot of money to be out there to be one and, and guys can kind of, you know, um, make, uh, make a little bit of money at this. Um, you know, maybe some you know, team owners, uh, a little more, it might be a little more attracted to it. Just, it reminds me of, you know, NASCAR when the you know, t- television money started coming into the sport and actually made it, you know, instead of a bunch of rednecks, you know, running up down the road and, and, and beating and banging our plays became a professional sport. I mean, I, I mean, I think, um, you know, we're obviously still a long ways away from the, um, you know, the, the growth that NASCAR had in the 90s and early 2000s. And I don't think we'll ever get to that point with, with dirt track and dirt late model racing. But uh, I think it is revolutionizing the sport streaming. Uh, when I say it is revolutionizing the sport, um, you know, and the, the, the revenue that brings in for um, that, that thankfully is going back to uh, into to drivers through events uh, and payouts. Um, you know, I think it is kind of changing our sport and it is, and it's, it's an exciting time to be involved and be a, a team that's, um, you know, kind of, uh, on the, uh, kind of riding that wave with the sport overall. Uh, Kyle Larson ha- has kind of turned a lot of this stuff, I feel like on its head and, and you, you know, you've seen the effect he's had on midget racing and the effect he's had on sprint car racing. And then him coming over to the late model side has been, you know, just incredible, and, you know, he, he ran the opening of Volusia weekend. There's some talk of him running some of these Lucas races for, from somebody like you that's been around late model racing as long as you have. Like, how much fun has it been to watch Larson come in and, and how has he kind of been accepted by the community as, as he's jumped in that Rumley six? Uh, I mean, it's been pretty cool to see, like, I've, you know, uh, you know, all of my life, you know, and being around racing uh, NASCAR and um, the asphalt side of things has been very separate from dirt track racing. I mean, you know, obviously you had the, I think the the prelude to the dream um, back uh, years ago was kind of a big deal in the NASCAR. It really kind of started NASCAR guys kind of becoming more um, interested in dirt racing. Obviously, Tony Stewart was a big deal with that and was already kind of involved. Um, but you're seeing it at a level now where uh, it's almost normal for these guys. I think we're, we're going to get to a point where it's normal for you know NASCAR guys uh, to, to dirt race on their, you know, as their side hustle, I guess you could say. Um, so it's pretty cool to see. It makes uh, I think our our sport a little more relevant. Um, you know, maybe in the in the big picture, which I think is cool and brings more fans into the sport. 
uh, our level of the sport. I think that's only, you know, it's only a good thing. Um, I don't know as far as how, how Larson's been accepted. I think it's pretty universal. Most fans think it's, you know, or have a positive view of it. There's some, you know, old school and maybe for whatever reason, don't, don't like it, I guess. I don't know, but, um, or, you know, doesn't like to see the same guy winning a lot of stuff um, perhaps is, is, is a reason uh, as far as drivers. Um, I don't know. I think there's drivers out there that don't really, you know, kind of, you know, don't, the, I don't want to say they're uh, the negative view of it, but you know, if you, if you get to a point where all these NASCAR guys are coming in, into the sport, it may kind of take some opportunities away from, uh, you know, um, the actual dirt race, you know, racers. I mean, if, if, if Larson wasn't coming into the sport, would there be someone else in the Rumley car, you know, type, type deal there? I mean, I, I mean, I guess that could be a, an issue some, and I think there are some drivers that kind of, um, I don't say it's a jealousy thing, but don't like, you know, I mean, you don't, anyone who comes in and just wins right away and, and, and kind of, uh, seals their thunder a little bit. I could see that being frustrating. I'm sure some guys deal with that, but it just, you know, hopefully just makes them work harder, I'm sure, and, and get better and be faster themselves. Well, I uh, appreciate the time today. Uh, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but uh, give me the, uh, give me the hunt the front plugs. Where can we find merch? How can we keep up with you guys? Like, you know, give me the full rundown on all the hunt the front stuff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you can check us out uh, on YouTube. It's our biggest platform. It's where all our, our blogs um, uh, are. At, uh, um, just you can go to YouTube and search Hunt the Front, and we should be one of the first ones. Our channel should be one of the first ones to pop up. Uh, we're on Facebook too, where we update, you know, do our race team updates and, and all that. Our our website is uh, huntthefront.net, and you can go directly to our shop to buy merchandise. All that is uh, htfmerch.com. So, Love it. Um, appreciate the time and definitely looking forward to um, getting the season started. Uh, our plan is to go down with the Lucas Oil Series at Ocala and Alltech. So definitely looking forward to getting down there and, and getting some racing in. Oh, you guys are you guys are going to start it off with big time, huh? Yeah. I mean, I guess that's I the love plan. It. <laughs> the last few years, we've done great stuff during Speed Weeks. It'll be our uh, Joseph's first year. First time ever running any super stuff during Speed Weeks. So um, it uh, should be interesting. It's two tracks, uh, Ocala and Alltech, where he's been. That we chose those races, uh, you know, to go to during Speed Weeks because he's the better of of all the Speed Weeks tracks that he's he's ran at. So, um, you know, hopefully it'll it'll go well, be a good learning experience, and kind of kick the year off in a big way. Appreciate it. Well, uh, thanks for the time today, dude. No problem. Thanks for having me. Appreciate Joshua taking some time out of his day to come on and chat some late model stuff with us. Make sure you guys are following Hunt the Front on YouTube. Subscribe to their channel. Check out all the great stuff they've got going on. If you want to know the ins and outs of a dirt late model team, there's all kinds of cool stuff to check out over there. Uh, the Luke Soleil Model Dirt Series gets underway this weekend at Golden Isles if, as long as the weather uh, kind of cooperates down there. So make sure you check that out as well. You can find the Dirt Tracker podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or where you get podcasts. You can also watch the shows on YouTube. For more cool dirt racing stuff, check out dirttracker.com and follow Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok.